welcome back to another episode of the Jesus for Geek Podcast. This is your host, Charlie Radio Williams. And this is Sean Luke. Welcome back, welcome, welcome back to another, another episode of the Jesus for Geek Podcast. We're here. Oh, are we? Yeah. We're here. We're steers. We're ready to cheer. We queer. Oh, okay. See, I was trying to avoid that. We're here and we're queer. Why, why is it every time you say something, sir, I'm just so complex and disturbed? Yeah, Sean, what's wrong with you? Wow, now it's on me? Like, what's that? What you said. It's like when you said <laughs> that all the excitement in the world just got flushed down the toilet. Wow, wow. After I literally just said a Mr. Excitement off the air. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you, you make, sir? You make me so excited to see Hannibal right now, and Hannibal is the number two least likely person. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who is the least likely hey, then? You are. <laughs> wow. You know, all right? So the number two became my number one. I can't win. I want to be number one or uh, something. Hey, you can be my number okay. one. Okay. All right. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Really? Appreciate We're it. doing this? Yeah. We're doing this now? And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Geesh for Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Radio Williams. And this is Sean Luke. And I'm Hannibal. And before we start, I'm like, I'm jumping in. Oh, oh uh, shit. Rest in peace, oh. Kobe Bryant. Oh. Oh. I'm Kobe. so... It's weird. I'm not gonna talk, I don't think we should dominate that because it's been all over the place. I don't... Do you really bother... Does it bother you when like certain celebrities pass away? Um, I'm so cynical. Like, it, those type of things don't affect me. For some reason, this affects me. You know why? Weird. Because... Okay. And they talked about it. Very few people in this world can affect you emotionally. Yeah, he this got is me, a yeah. man that we saw play and grow over the past 20 years. He literally tried to surpass his idol. Who doesn't have that idea like they want to be better than the person like their mentor is? Yeah. Right? And for Kobe Bryant, right? <laughs> he surpassed all of that. And yes, I did I did feel hurt. Yeah. But I'm I for me, I was more hurt over the fact of his daughter. Yes, yeah, it's, it's multiple children. Well. It's it, it, but it's weird. Like yeah, my first love other than you know cartoons and video games was basketball. So like that's what I watched. So it was kind of it's kind of crazy. Uh, Charles, what do you think? So How you felt when it, it happened? It's interesting because like when I saw the new media break, like I don't follow sports, so things mm-hmm. don't really. Or when people outside of like my family and friends like pass away, it doesn't really. I never feel like it affects me, even though like they're a, po- a popular icon. Yeah. What I do think about is the sensitivity level that we as human beings are on. So there were certain news that had broke that really upset me about it. That made me upset about it, like his passing. Um, the fact that TMZ reported it prior to um his family knowing or yeah. anybody else knowing. That yeah. was that's super upsetting. Um, certain people went to social media to remind us of some of the negative things that Kobe went through in his past. Yeah. yeah. Um, including uh, I want to say a rape allegation. Um, yeah. yeah. I think like there 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 comes a time where like yes I think like we can highlight over the past life of someone kind of like we were talking about with Michael Jackson um, and once again I just want to iterate like G Free Geek podcast is a show about two, uh, geeks talking about their lives we're not like a politics show or no, no, no. a show on religion or but in this situation just talking about this because this does affect our lives um, right. we you know there comes a time where like you know let 
people grieve, let people pass. We're not saying like, let's not talk about what they've done or let's forget about like their past. No, we're just saying like in this time of loss, there are people that are close to these people. And I think it's about humanize, you know, human humanizing ourselves, reminding Mm -hmm. that we are still human. Yes. uh, And I don't know like the full story. Like I don't know the full impact that he and he affected this person's life. Yeah. Um, as far as like the allegations go or, or, or that court proceeding or if it did or did not happen, that's something that's between that person and, and the late Kobe Bryant. But what yeah. I do know is if we are going to discuss a person's life, especially after they are no longer here, right. let's let's kind of let's dial back a little and put ourselves into that situation and only say, you know what, let's give the family and I think the respect really goes out to the family. Of course. Um, in this situation, you can't add the fans, but to me, it's still more of the family. Yeah. Um, Multiple people lost their lives. And, I, you know, I think it was a yeah, good idea. Like nine people had total. Yeah, it's, it's a good idea just to take a break from family. social media, yeah, a too. Lot, like a, a family, lot of, a lot of yeah. the whole family. Yeah, so it's, 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 you know, it was pressing. It's something that's, you know, you turn on TV, they're going to talk about it. So hopefully this, what we do here, mm-hmm. going to be a distraction for that type of stuff, you know, and talk about something that's uh, fun and interesting. Yeah, you know? let's talk about some fun stuff, like um, like more dying, actually. Wait, what? <laughs> the crisis on How do you, how do you say <laughs> that? Was, that was bleak. Yeah. But he came in, he came was, in somewhat confident with it. They looked at us and then like, I'm just I'm go like, oh, I'm gonna take that back. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna. I committed. I committed. <laughs> he jumped in. I committed, but then you know, I committed the crime. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, no, like to, I know we uh, the last episode we actually delve into a bit um, Marvel TV and the right. fact that they kind of let the the Marvel universe down a bit and right. the fans down. Um, and I wanted to talk about the fact of you know. DC TV did not let the fans down. Um, the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline was everything we expected it to be. In. I, to me personally, I don't know if you watched it or not. I don't know. I watched. You, <laughs> did you see an animal? No, I haven't. I haven't. Just check it because he has a lot. I'm I sorry, went, what's what's I, the problem? He, he's not speaking for me, sir. He's, he's like <laughs> animals, like ten percent geek out of all of us. I wouldn't go that low. He's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. Animals, like you know. How dare you? you talking for me? Yeah, um, apparently he is. Yeah, apparently he's your new Cause, wife. Cause, 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 because clearly I'm Carla in this relationship, bitch. Um, As if Carla did. Yeah, talking but talk more about it. I may be interested, Sean. Talk okay, so it. basically the Crisis on Internet Earth's TV show mm-hmm. miniseries, the five-episode crossover, as it's called, mm-hmm. was based off of a comic that was done by Mark Wolfman, and I think it was drawn by George Perret. I'm not, it could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the story goes where there's a character named the Monitor who's trying to prevent the annihilation of all existence from a person called the Anti-Monitor which is the antithesis of this guy. Um, throughout the whole storyline, what comes out is the fact that the Anti-Monitor succeeds, he destroys the multiverse, and um, only like a few people were left behind. In the TV show, these people were called Paragons, and they were Paragons. There were seven different Paragons representing humanity in a different light, mm-hmm. whether it's love, hope, humanity itself, justice, things like oh, that. Oh, kind of like the, the Green Lantern. Right. Yeah. So, like those, they kind of like that kind the of spectrum. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. But with this little different but the, so what happens is, is that um, the whole big thing, spoiler alert from this point on, um, Oliver Queen um, dies and becomes the Spectre. And in the comics, the Spectre has a big role of re- reintegrating the multi, which is exactly what they did at the end of this one. They created a whole new multiverse with whole new shows and current DC shows and movies that are out there in this world right now. Um, one of the biggest highlights of that was watching Urza Miller's 
Flash from the movies interact with Grant Gustin Flash from the TV show. Well, well just to interject there, because I think like what made that great was I think one of the biggest comparisons with the MCU versus the DCU is the fact that whenever we looked at the DCU, it's always been the, the conversation of why aren't they following Marvel's lead and bridging these actors to the TV show? I think DCU did a correct job here where they didn't necessarily want to like say, okay, this actor who plays the Flash is the same actor here, but we will treat it as their two separate universe. And I like that because now it kind of clears that, that confusion and it takes away the notion, okay, they do exist. They all exist at the same time. They're just on different Earths. And you know what's really sucky about that is that Doctor Strange introduces the multiverse. Mm-hmm. It definitely introduces the multiverse. They speak of it throughout the whole time. And they even say that the energy that they produce with their magic is from another dimension. Well, I think that's why uh, coming soon with the Eternals release. Eternals. Eternals, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Corrected. Yeah. <laughs> Corrected. Uh, with the Eternals, it's that, that movie is supposed to go a little bit more into details on like the history of the powers, where uh, where certain um, idea of the costume cosmetics or like the the cultural beliefs mm-hmm. of, the, of the universe comes from. And I think that is a great approach that Marvel's taking. To- I, feel, I feel like, though, it's a little too late, though. Like, I mean, right now, I think their biggest issue with the multiverse is going to be WandaVision. Because mm-hmm. WandaVision, and, and this is pure speculation because we don't know the official synopsis of anything yet, right? Pure speculation is the fact that WandaVision does take place in an alternate dimension within her mind. Much like House of M was created because she was so devastated. At the death of Magneto. And- not even, no, not at the death of Magneto, at the death of her children. Oh, you're right. Right. And then she created a whole world. And then seeing that world get destroyed, she ex- she literally makes the entire real world. Well, I, so here's why I disagree with you. And I'm I'm super excited about what they're doing with WandaVision for the simple fact that in the movies, they haven't been able to really explain and tell you what Wanda's powers are. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking at Wanda's powers as an outsider or as, as an audience member, you're like, oh, maybe she it's telekinesis or maybe it's like some form of psychic ability. She literally has the ability to rewrite and warp reality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very interesting concept. And I don't think that it's something that you can just put into a uh, two hour movie or hour and 45 minute movie. It's something that you really need to sit down and digest. In part two, that the Doctor Strange storyline, um, setting him up for his next movie, yeah. which is supposed to be uh, technically at this part, Marvel's second mm-hmm. horror movie, because you have to take into consideration that in the buyout from Fox, they now own New Mutants, which is, which a true is, horror which is supposed to be a true horror movie. Oh my god, movie. that trailer was amazing. Uh, uh, that sounds good. And I look forward to that too, but because yeah. I'm a New Mutants. I'm going to cut you off right there because uh-huh. I just have to do a point of clarification okay. before you continue. I apologize. Kevin Feige said that it's not going to be a horror movie. It's just going to have horror elements, but it's still going to be a Marvel movie. So it's not going to have the same tropes as um like the new mutants are. And I think that's what led to the departure of the director. Okay. Because he wanted a creative difference. They they ended up having creative differences, even though he's staying as his executive producer. Mm-hmm. Um. So... 
automatically right then and there they're trying to change the whole dynamic of what the movie is i think it i think it would be exciting and it would be a different format if dr strange managed to cross that line of superhero meets horror movie for the simple fact that he deals with magic and the spiritual and you know like it's kind of like i would love to see a creepy nightmare like i want to see that nightmare literally be the freddy Mm krueger of the mcu where it literally comes and pops into your dreams and feeds into your nightmares and gives him strong Stronger. Is I'm blown away. But I guess the first question is about that. The reason why you said this creative differences. Did do you think it's based on an artistic creative difference, it's, or someone said, "Hey, this Marvel, this we know what we're doing, uh, putting it into a hard element into it." I don't know if that's going to work well with our box office stuff. We're going to go with more traditional Marvel. He direction. said in a tweet um, before exiting, like a couple of months before exiting, mm-hmm. that. Um, release dates are the enemy of artistry. Yeah. So once you put a release date on something, that's a time crunch. Mm-hmm. You cannot have artistic freedom that you want. The artistic way to express what the movie you want to envision when you're in time constraints. How 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 um how stringent is Marvel with it when they announce a date? Oh, once they announce a date and they say that movie's coming out on that they date, don't, they don't flinch. They uh, barely, there's, barely there's, flinch. There's been a few movies barely that they, they okay. unless Unless it's like truly effective of the story, mm-hmm. right? Because they push back, they push back um, you Guardians get, one time. You get nervous push, too. You get nervous. You're like, okay, what's happening? Forward. Marvel was pushed. Like, I think what it is like, they already know the budget that they're going in with the movie with. Um, some of it comes down to licensing, to which isn't, isn't an issue mm-hmm. anymore. Um, maybe Spider-Man is the only one that they technically still have. Like, yeah, that's a little, that's a little, little muddy. Mud, little muddy. But um, other than that, like, it's more of um, they have their budget. Now they're trying to beat certain things to the box office, and they're right. trying to keep make sure like they, there's always a consistency. But see, there. that's a, you brought some. You brought a really good point when it comes to Spider-Man. Yes, yeah, Spider-Man's owned by Sony, but I feel like other than Doctor Strange, I feel like Spider-Man would have been the perfect movie or even TV show to truly introduce the multiverse into the MCU. But I thought the Spider-Verse thing was kind of going that direction. I mean, I'm totally ignorant. I'm not as... No, Into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie was its own piece. Which which has been greenlit for the sequel, sequel. 2022. So the rumors about having the other Spider-Mans going into one movie, was that true? Or was it like a rumor that I just saw on Facebook? It's a rumor. It's right now because we don't know what what they're going to do with the new movie. Right. They haven't even started production of the new movie yet. I think, all right, so I want to do a a pitch meeting right here. Okay, pitch meeting. All right, right. so if, here's my pitch meeting. You do the Spider-Man movie where it's Tobey Maguire, Daniel, like, I want to get it right because I don't want to see Daniel Radcliffe because that's Harry Potter. (laughs) Um, Yo, imagine Harry Potter playing um, (laughs) Spider-Man. Tom Holland and uh, the British dude. um, Andrew Garfield? Thank you, Andrew Garfield. I don't know He should be the last one to get mentioned, right? (laughs) But what I would do, uh, Sony, if you're listening, is I would take Into the Spider-Verse and make it half animation and half live action Mm. where Miles Morales... Uh, when he deep dives into the Spider-Verse, he actually meets the live, like, you get to see a side of him that's a live action, and he meets those other three Spider-Men, mm-hmm. um, including adding Gwen into this mix, adding uh, Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. Um, I would keep it very simple. Uh, maybe bring back Spider-Ham for comedy relief. If not, bring back a yeah, Spider- John Mulaney was hilarious. Bring back Spider-Noir. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think I would like to see that. Like, that's my pitch is like to do Into the Spider-Verse 2, but make it half animation, half live action. I mean, that that's ambitious. That is very ambitious. I was going to go the opposite direction on that. But, I was going to use the third Spider-Man movie to open up the world of the multiverse there. Live action, regular, not Start any off in live action, do the storyline, right? But in order to for Sony to veer away from the MCU, have him like get sucked into some kind of like t- trans-dimensional vortex or whatever that's been created. But aren't they talks right now about... Uh... The more recent, the, the 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 next installment of the Spider-Man franchise. Well, yeah, like being that, mixed with the Fantastic Four franchise. Well, we don't know for see. That's the thing. Being the fact that Spider-Man is still Sony, right? There's still a lot of limitations. At least from what I believe, there are a lot of limitations mm. to what they can do with Spider-Man interacting with other people, especially since they haven't inf- formally introduced the Fantastic Four or the mutants. Which now there's a rumor saying that the new mutants are the introduction of mutants into the. Marvel. Into, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I believe that the reshoots that they did involve them being introduced into the MCU. Uh, another, something I heard recently that would be so funny, uh, I guess fans are want to know, like, who is um, Noob, um, Noob 64 uh, guy? I keep, oh, New Master, C- New Master 64. And they keep saying, like, 69? what if uh, New Master 69 is Deadpool? Yo, if he is Deadpool, I'd die laughing. That would be hilarious if uh, Deadpool... I, that would be a great introduction to him into the MCU. MCU. And uh, Deadpool is owned by... Fox. Uh, Fox. Yeah, which is now right. owned which, by Marvel. It's another which thing. Which is now owned by Marvel. Oh, and, and they've Disney. already announced, they've already said, through Ryan Reynolds, they said that they're doing an R-rated Deadpool 3 under the Disney banner. That's going to be ridiculous. Which is nice for two reasons. One, Disney now can officially branch out away from the kid-friendly vibes of what the MCU does as well as the regular shows do, right? Um, but the other thing is is that now with this R-rated show, let's say this R-rated movie gets really successful because it's Deadpool, let's face it, right? You open yourself up to new avenues of movie making. Yeah. Imagine a rated R MCU film. Imagine Moon Knight comes out of the the Disney Plus and into the movie. Well, there's talks with about making Blade. him. There's talks about making Moon Knight. Uh, other cinema. Well, like Disney a, Plus, yeah, they have the show. They already like. No, no, no. There's talks about making him a villain, making him like the new. Well, actually, from I'm hoping that Morbius becomes the villain, or at least we see Blade in a post credit scene from uh, Morbius. Morbius. That would be awesome. So, I mean. Definitely uh, in credits for uh, Spider Man, or oh, the interaction in uh, with uh, Michael Keaton. Well, yeah, like that's there's you know. that's because they've been trying to set up the Sinister Six for like three movies. But it's like it's happening though. It I mean, finally the fact looks he, like it's happening, and they're taking their time with it. Yeah. So going back to you said DC, they're able to do that. Why do you think they're successful at it? And oh, Marvel is take this one. Sure. So we we were talking about this uh, after the last episode, or at least last week, and. We, I feel strongly that it starts with Agent Coulson. I think you're, you're talking about we're talking about DC. No, 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 no. no. Okay, yeah, uh, it, it ties in. Okay. So with the Marvel MCU and the Marvel Television Universe, as well as let's say Marvel Netflix Universe at this mm-hmm. time. So Netflix to me did a great job in trying to incorporate the Marvel MCU because. Uh, whether if you're talking about Dead, um, uh, Daredevil, um, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, or Iron Fist, um, they always refer back to what happened in New York as far as the Avengers go. Yeah, right. right. Um, 
age, bringing Agent Coulson into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is what separated the two oh. to me because of the fact of um, there was a lot of talks with um, uh, Disney as well as with uh, Marvel's television studio where it was like, you know, yeah, you can have Agent Coulson, but Agent Coulson is dead. He's officially dead. And I think that misunderstanding that that he's dead and that he's no longer a part made it feel like this had nothing to do with the MCU. Like this was an alternative reality. But then Sean was talking to me a little bit more about it because he deep dived more into the show than I did that the idea that was that was already put there from the beginning that he was a clone wasn't just explored once, but it was explored twice on the show. And I think like they did a really poor job at that. And that's what would have allowed for all of this content to link up. Now, switching over to DC, DC, I think DC at first didn't have an understanding of how they were going to do it. But then their writers took a step back um, on all teams and said, hey, you know what? We can bridge together all of our shows. We're already doing it with these crossovers by going to multi by going to multiverses. Um, you really see it first with the Flash of him like um, dealing bringing the Doctor um, who was originally the first ver- Reverse Flash, um, uh, Harrison Wells. Harrison Wells, and then you see it with um, with Gordon. Um, uh, um, uh, the the other Flash, Silver Helm. Okay, um, Jay Garrick. Thank you, Garrick. Um, I'm butchering. I'm, I, I'm I love how I'm the one that knows all these. Yeah, things. you're the face for a reason. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate oh, it. fuck you. <laughs> um, but with that being said, like, uh, I think the Flash TV series did a better job at it. And then, aside from them, um, who also kind of did it, but they did more time travel, was um, Heroes of Tom- um, Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. Um. But because it all starts with Flash and the Speed Force and then these alternate, these different universes, I think that's what allowed for DC to get a better grip on it, do their research and, and bring it together. A stronger catalyst, basically. Correct. Something that kind of branches everything out. I agree. Um, but I think the bigger thing is the fact that they took their time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, DC has the rights to every single character, no matter what. Okay, even when there's like a bat embargo, as they usually call it, whenever a new Batman movie or Superman movie comes out. Actually, the new Batman movie uh, started today. Filming. Yeah, they started filming. Um, But technically, they actually started filming before then. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, but this time um, they officially. Official. official, I wonder wonder what storyline they're going to go with. It's the Batman. So they're probably doing year one. Okay. They're probably going with the year one storyline, having Colin Farrell as the Penguin. That, then it makes sense. Okay. Because to me, that penguin version that they're gonna go with seems like the same one they're gonna go with for um, uh, the Batman Telltale series. Okay. I don't know if you've ever played those. No, I haven't. You, you check it out. You know, go online, check it out. Um, that version of the penguin is not the waddly. It's more of like a childhood friend of Bruce, right? That's also like within a rich family, but then it, they took a turn for the worse. Blah blah blah. blah. Oh, okay. So I, I feel like I feel like that's what they're gonna go with for um, at least in my opinion what they're gonna go for oh. um, with that. That being said, even with the bad embargoes, even with all that, DC still has the complete rights to all their franchises. Uh, not not all, because um, Gotham never made it into the um, crisis. Unfortunately, yes. We we talked, but, but yeah, we God, talked about that Gotham. only because it's owned by Disney. <laughs> like Gotham is literally owned by Disney. Disney. Wow. Yeah. So, with that, but the, the a lot of it though 
If you really think about it, in the opening act of it, Crisis on Infinite Earths, they brought back so many callbacks. You got Batman 66 with um, Robin as an older Robin with Ace the Bat Hound. You had Batman 89, Robert Wall reprising his role as the the in the, the interviewer, the reporter, mm-hmm. right? You have... Um, Freaking uh, the Titans, you know, which make appearance at the end as well. They bring in something new towards the end of Crisis, which is uh, Stargirl, mm-hmm. who's taking place in Earth 2 now, the brand new Earth 2, right? Because Earth 2 got destroyed in the Crisis before Crisis even started. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is, is that they they took everything and said, you know what? Instead of making everything seem the same, we're going to acknowledge that it's different. And we're going to take our time acknowledging it's different by slowly introducing different parts of the multiverse. Let's start with Earth 2, right? Let's start... Let's start with Earth 2. Let's start with the fact that um, there's a whole futuristic type world, but the people there are the villains of um, the villains of their of their Earth as opposed to the heroes, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's where Zoom comes into play. Uh, let's talk about like later on when they go into the crisis on Earth X, where they bring in the Nazis, mm-hmm. right? The, I feel like the biggest thing is that they took their time when it came to the multiverse and the fact that each world is its own unique world and the fact that it now becomes believable that when you see all these characters like the birds of prey Prey and all those others it's believable that they're in their own world right and now that they've basically reconverged and created a new multiverse Right, it's not believable that these other characters, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, the Green Lantern Corps, they're in their own worlds, being their own entities. Right, so DC has done a great. I feel like I've done a better job than Marvel has had with that, and I'm not going to fault Marvel too much about it because their narrative was always, let's get to the Infinity Stones. You know, then we'll worry about other stuff later. Well, I think their approach now where they're saying, okay, we're going to break the Marvel Universe into two different worlds. We're going to give you the galactic universe, the cosmic universe, universe, and then we're going to give you the multiverse, multiverse. which I think will collide real soon. Here's my theory, and this is, stop me if I'm wrong. This is a a conspiracy pitch, if you will. Stop, you're wrong. No! (laughs) It's a conspiracy pitch, Mm -hmm. right? The characters that they have now are the new Infinities. Each character, if you think about it right now, there are three major characters introduced into the Marvel Universe Mm -hmm. that are considered, that can be considered human Infinity Stones. Doctor Strange with Mm -hmm. the Time Stone, Captain Marvel with the Space Stone, Mm -hmm. and um, Wanda Maximoff with the Reality Stone. I can see that. So I feel like the next big crossover will involve them plus other characters Mm -hmm. soon to be known for their um infinity stone prowess if you will oh like nova or like uh, yeah and like adam or you know like even the return of like thanos or something like that or you know just anybody who like for example star lord mm-hmm. can be the power stone because he's wielded the power stone so he has the power well remember he's um part um he's part celestial yeah right so my theory is the next the way they're going into this is that 
instead of gathering the Infinity Stones, they gather these defenders. Mm-hmm. And this will be the new defender. I'm going to add on to that. So not only do they give us the defenders, but they give us the guy that we've been willing to see. This guy will be infinite. And in, tw- in, in 2021, pointing up in the sky right this now. guy What's going on? He's, something will, up in there? will be He's on the campaign for 2020. No, 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 no. No, let's slow down. First of all, that's anime. All right. Making Yamcha great 2021 with his uh, VP on Krillin, that's something different. What I am talking about is is bringing into the MCU the guy that we've all been passionate, we've all been waiting for since the Fox Disney deal, since the crappy first two Fantastic Four. Well, I mean, they were better than the original Fantastic Four movie that we know nobody talks about. Let's talk about the king himself. The God Almighty, <laughs> the Devourer of Planets. Oh, Galactus! Galactus! Very excited. I'm, yeah, I'm that makes more excited than I am. <laughs> I'm more excited to bring Doctor Doom into the MCU. Oh, I'm excited. I'm, the main I'm, I'm excited for him, but I feel like because we've seen different variations of him mm-hmm. and from the Fantastic Four series, um, the Fantastic Four movies, and Doom. Um, Galactus, when we did see him like in that one Fantastic Four movie, he was like a cloud of right. Like, like, I, but I feel like MCU now is their goal now is to try to bring justice to to characters that have been wrong. Well, and that's why I think like us finally getting a Galactus like that soup because well, think about I it like this. Like we Galactus, got the Titan. We got the the Titan battle with Thanos, but right. now we're getting like this but, universal. Okay, but I feel like. Battle. I feel like Galactus would be a one-off major villain. He's just a one-off. I feel like Doctor Doom would be that villain that can, that's constantly a thorn, like a Loki. You know how Loki's always. But a thorn once again, on because side? we've seen that character before, it's 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 not really special. But think about it like this: it's kind of like how the DCU right now is setting up for Dark Side. Marvel Universe should be setting up for Galactus. Like you want another epic kind of villain? Yeah. Even though Marvel said they'll never do like a major like lead up storyline, like whatever storyline they're going to do is going to be like a crossover kind of movie franchise mm-hmm. versus like oh let's do like Phase One, Phase Two of this big build ten up. year build up. Yeah. I kind of want to see that in that buildup that they're doing it cross, but let the major baddie be something that's more devastating than. Yeah, I wonder than why would they Thanos. not? I mean, it was the first the ten year thing was a success. Why would they think? Well, we're gonna do something totally different because you know what I mean. Like you would think that would continue on, or at least a different. You, you yeah. know what it is? It's more of they have they have better options now to releasing content so if let's look at the defenders right i think prior to disney plus the defenders was a trial run to see if we can do marvel shows on a television in a television way right right to me to me which if they had chosen different writers and a different producer to do it i think would have been much better the same person that did iron fist did the defenders yeah, but Daredevil was great. That's Punisher, the person Punisher was great. He wasn't that's because that, that person didn't do. Luke Cage, Luke Cage was. was Luke like, Cage was woke. It was yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was woke. Was um, Jessica Jones. The only problem was the first um, season. Well, no, the the villain to me and Jessica Jones, like whoever wrote that, was kind of just like like she defeats him. But then she doesn't want to do away with him. Then she defeats him again. Well, okay, so then she defeats him again. That's a whole other thing. Because Jessica Jones, I feel like 
at least when it came to the first season, was such a psychological thriller in a movie. I mean, in a TV show. Because you had this one person that was consistently, consistently psychologically breaking her, mm-hmm. right? Or breaking her friends or whatever the case may have you, right? Into the David point Tennant. Yo, he was great. He was a great villain. I'm very upset that he died. Um, but even as death, even in death, he he still haunts her in the continuing seasons. And I think that's what makes Jessica Jones itself more so of a stronger show because it deals with psychological trauma more so than any other one of the Defender shows. Right. Daredevil deals with um, deal with, deals with the morality. Right. Um, Luke Cage deals with cultural, you know, biasness. And then there's Danny. There's Danny. Then Iron, Iron Fist deals with crappy TV. Sean, <laughs> Sean, Sean has the, the, the most super fan hatred of the you know actor, of the writers, no, no, no. the show well, itself. I they, have they, a fan they, hatred because it could have been so much more. I wasn't even upset over the fact that they picked a white actor over it. Asian actor because Danny Rand is, is white, a, white, a white character, right? But they wanted to re, they wanted to like become more woke with it, yeah. So they wanted to create an Asian uh, Iron Fist character, and that's where I would disagree because I feel like it goes back to that argument of. So we talked about this in, in the past mm-hmm. as far as like you know introducing. I think that anybody can be Spider-Man. So, like, Miles Morales being Spider-Man is perfectly fine. Right. It, Spider-Man doesn't have to be a white character. Right. I think... For the story. For the story. I think when, you, when you're when you like, okay, we're going to make... Um, or, matter of fact, I'm about to contradict myself. Mm-hmm. It's when they made Johnny Storm black, right? Right. No problem with that. I mean, right. if the movie wasn't shit, then whatever. Oh, that movie was disgusting. Um, I think sometimes it's more of... I don't know. You know what? Let me think about this. Because it was, no, it was no, a no, finish, now, I hear the, now I hear the contradiction in my yeah, own. But comments. let me let me finish my yeah. thought. Right, I wasn't even mad about that. What I was mad about was the fact that when you watch it mm-hmm. and when you finally see the show, it contradicts what Danny Rand is in the comics. Right, it contradicts what he stands for in the comic, and it contradicts what he does regarding his company and everything like that. And it, it doesn't. To me, it didn't feel like a true wait. Comic you, book. you didn't get that in the beginning of the first two seasons of of, of Green Arrow. Yeah, see what happened was <laughs> we didn't get that in the first two seasons of the Green Arrow. No, no, Green Arrow. The difference between um, well, one, the difference between Green Arrow and Iron Fist uh, is that within the sixth episode of Green Arrow, it finally knew what it was and changed to adapt to its own culture. Okay. Iron Fist refuses to adapt. How the hell did Iron Fist become a better person in Luke Cage? In one episode of Luke Cage, he became, it became a different, much better person different, different than he did in his own two seasons of the show. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, the GH Freaky Podcast has now, has to make this notification that we are restricting Sean Luke. Um, his passionate behavior has sparked over five. You were screaming about uh, Galactus. I was promoting. <laughs> I was nah, promoting. Nah, nah. nah. So I was promoting. Let me, let me wait, tell you something. I, I was promoting our next galactic leader. All right, all right, galactic leader. All right, you not dark side. Not, hold up, not hold up, all these. Hold up, hold up. Let's stop right there. That man is no galactic leader. He's a galactic devourer. Okay, he will not lead us to anything. He I'm will a, destroy I am, I am a, everything. I am, I am, I am Team Harold. I am, I am um, 
Uh, I'm, I'm a harbinger. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, okay. But, anyway, uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like you have a a superhero or super villain political view against my. And maybe we could do that on the next episode. Maybe in next episode, um, I'm going to nominate Galactus as our galactic president, and we can talk about this oh, in a debate format. And How I look you forward. You become a president. I look forward. Going to eat. Listen, I look forward to your debates. What I will tell you that. Galactus will do for us is he's going to build that wall. He's going to make all planets pay for it. Okay. All right. He's going to make sure that when Earth gets devoured, that we get devoured as a whole. Yeah. All right. He's going to he's going to undo um, Thanos care. <sighs> he's going to undo Thanos care. Okay. All right. Thanos care was just horrible for all of us. And that's why he failed. All right. Galactus will do not. Um... Wait, Sean, what's your platform? Because he. What, just, what is, yeah. What's what your platform? See, what are you going to do for what, us? What is your platform? Yeah. My, my platform is. Yeah. Doom 2020. You're doing Doom 2020? Doom 2020. Wait. Oh, Doom of our or Doom 2019? 2099? No, I'm doing Doom current current current, MC, current not, MC, well, green, future, future green MCU, MCU Doom. Doom. Okay. <laughs> versus like basically comic book okay. Doom 2020. Um Ultimate Alliance Doom okay. 2020. Right, those will, are the. Will, will he have a running mate? He will no. Doom needs no running mate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. So Doom see there, no there you go. Already no checks and balances. Yeah. Right? What happens if he, you know, no. Doom goes down? Like, have you not seen the state of Latveria, the country that he already governs? It is one of the most second Doom, most. Doom. So, it is one of the second most sovereign states next to Wakanda <laughs> in the Marvel Doom universe. Doom is a fake Dracula who's just cast in iron. All right. Oh, what? No. He's, he's a, He's, he's a failed. He is literally the top three most intelligent people in the world. You guys are wasting right, good who, content. Who are the other two? Blue Marvel. Uh huh. And Reed Rich. And Galactus. Thank you very much. And that's it for this episode <laughs> of the GS for Geek podcast. We're Galactus going to have this. Doesn't even think like. That. First of all. Well, you don't know. You don't know the be. platform that Galactus is running on. Don't act like you know my candidate. Yeah. You don't know. I don't even know. Because my name is Charles Heyman. Oh, shit. And I am the representative. No, it's not. Of the almighty, world-devouring, earth-destroying. Did he have a sugar before? Fantastic for defeating. The worst part, he did not. (laughs) Galactus. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Do we have time to talk about WrestleMania? Do we? Do we, do we have time? Uh, we have about a good what five minutes. Okay, I would like to talk about WrestleMania. Uh, especially, I would like to give a shout out to Drew McIntyre. We, sorry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> My head. <laughs> I want to. That was a beef. Uh, I want to give a thanks to. I want to say give a shout out to Drew McIntyre because you know what? He deserves it. It's been, <laughs> you know, it's been man, long overdue. Yo, and you know what's funny? I didn't think he was going to win. Um, I thought they were going to give it to Roman Reigns. I'm happy that he uh, has yeah. chosen to take on Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Of course. I mean, the way he eliminated him. Um, yeah. But not only that, I was kind of But upset. here's the problem with that. The Fiend. Who's the Fiend going to face? Right, and we can talk about this at another podcast. We can definitely. Talk oh, the about thing is definitely. It's going to be a Danny Bryant situation. Um, it's going to be like how. Um, but my Seth issue Rollins. with that, my issue with that is the fact that I think they booked Fiend to the Fiend to a corner, where it's like he cannot be defeated. Now, what are you going to do when someone does defeat him? Like it's 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 literally the Brock Lesnar syndrome, where like literally no person can really defeat the Fiend. No, no, Did no you? I think I think the Fiend is like Kane. 
He's he's really like Kane and like he's he's a master story. I think what's gonna happen is he's gonna be he's gonna have a new list of people that he's gonna wanna seek punishment. Don't mess with him. Yeah. Did you guys like the Warrior Woman the way it went? The the format? I just felt I mean, that's my favorite event. The only I feel like Brock Lesnar knocking out guys. I, really that, strong. That bothered, yeah, that bothered, that bothered me. Like, Big Lee. Like, I, I didn't even... I understood food. why. Like, they, they wanted him to be strong. Yeah, they but he's not healthy. 13, 13. He beat, Kane's, he beat Kane's record, I think. No, he, he tied it. He tied, he tied uh, And that bothered me. I did, I did not like that writing. Yeah, and it was Braun Strowman. It wasn't. Kane still holds the record for most elimination. Oh. I was excited about seeing Keith Lee. The, the NXT International, the, inter, the NXT International uh, champion. I was happy to see him because oh, I'm North American. North American. I thought he was in, no, no. Listen to the face. He knows everything. Yeah, you did know everything. Um, <laughs> I was excited about Keith Lee. Uh, I was actually more impressed with the women's. Royal Rumble. I'm I not thought like there were better surprises. A lot of people were upset about Santino Morella. Oh, that he that he came in. Props to away, props to Props to Vince to do something like that and not think, okay, you know I'm just gonna run with it. Put him out there. But that's the thing. Like, just, it's not well, the first time they've done this. They made it. They made him miss WrestleMania, which was like such a huge, yeah, huge controversial thing for them to do. Um, and then they just kind of, to me, I think they kind of redeemed it. Yeah. Right. Because you have these two, two big, big women, Beth Phoenix, Natalia. Also, shout out to Beth Phoenix for going through with the match with that huge gash in the back of her head. Um, did you see the blood yeah, coming out? She's, like, she's tough, man. You know. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Edge. Uh, Don't forget Edge. Uh, I'm not even gonna uh, talk about that yo. because uh, uh, Monday Night Raw was just that's just something. Okay, so here's the thing about Edge. But I do want to say this about the women's Royal Rumble okay. match. Um, as much as I was happy, I'm not happy with Scarlett um, Flair. Charlotte Flair. Thank Charlotte. you, Scarlett. Wow, Scarlett Witch Johansson. Yeah, I'm all over the place. You know how it is. Uh, you know, wrestlers all look alike. Anyway, um, I'm so upset with Charlotte Flair winning because I feel like for her to challenge Becky Lynch at WrestleMania again as a main event. We've seen it. Um, whether it was um, Charlotte, Becky. Yeah, but we don't know it for sure yet. So yeah, well, she, 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 has, she hasn't announced her challenger. No, because um, I think what's going to happen is... She's going to go against Bailey. Yeah, but I think Shayna Baszler is going to jump into it. How? It, I, I don't know how. I think it's going to be like the... I think it's Ronda... I, think, I, know, I have a feeling Ronda Rousey is going to come back soon, okay. too. Because then they'll do like the horsewomen versus the horsewomen. Well, I do have a question. Angle. Can Charlotte challenge Becky if they're on two different Dude, franchises? Dude, she, char- she can challenge Becky, Bailey, or Rhea Ripley. Oh, that's right. Now, if she challenges Rhea Ripley, to me, that would put such validation to NXT and the fact that the, 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 the growing mm-hmm. credibility of that company. And I think that would help. That'd be smart. That'd be smart, considering they're still battling AEW on Wednesdays. That's the thing. It makes like, sense they, to do that. They, they need something to push that, that yeah. needle forward, right? Because right now the ratings are going back and forth, right? right? One day NXT takes it, then the other day AEW takes it. And the, the one that just passed, the cruise, the Jericho cruise one, oh my God, AEW dominated that ratings. Ooh. Right? right. So, like, with that being said, like, I, I want. Charlotte Flair to challenge Rhea Ripley. I understand why Charlotte Flair would challenge Becky because it's a it's lead back to last WrestleMania where she wasn't defeated for the title. Oh, that's right. She right? Wasn't. She wasn't defeated, so now she gets her redemption. But I also understand Bailey because SmackDown needs a better champion. You know what? I think 
All right. So I heard this best on uh, what culture uh, where they were saying that the problem with Bailey is you have whoever's writing her as a hill is doing just a horrible job. And now like she's doing that whole personality stunt that um, uh, God, Daniel, Daniel Bryan did when like he lost his belt and then he went to like that whole depressed, like he was still doing the hill thing, but she just happens to still have the belt. I just right. think that they're doing like Bailey is capable of doing so much. Maybe they didn't need to adapt, like, dial her down so much from Happy Bailey, mm-hmm. but I guess also the combination of her joining um, the boss who's injured, um, yeah, Sasha Banks. So, um, but yeah, uh, this WrestleMania was pretty exciting. Um, the the throwdown, sorry, this Royal Rumble was, damn, I'm just all over. You're intimidating. Um, <laughs> what the hell? Entire, He's blaming whole, you for this, his this, problems. This, I, I definitely am. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, this whole Royal Rumble was just like, it was ups and downs because once again, yeah. the, the fight between um, um, uh, I, I do like King Corbin fighting um, Roman Reigns. I, I like that fight. It dragged on too long, I felt, but I did like it. I mean, I liked it too. It was just any anytime you have like a gimmick match that involves like hardcore stuff, it's still, it ends up uh, being great. I love the Usos uh, uh, getting involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, backing up their cousin. Um, what other matches happened? The, 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 the Edge returning. I'm. Just, I like the fact that Edge returned because they're doing a build-up between Edge and um, Randy Orton. Randy Orton, and I I think those are two colossal champions that I kind of want to see. Throw yeah, it's out. been nine years. Was it? Yeah, nine ten years. years. He's been out for ten years. Fucking crazy. Yeah, it was, it was very exciting. And they, I didn't check the like the internet. So I don't know if there was something that they kind of threw out like he was may show up. But so when he came out, I was a total surprise. Um, Sean probably already knew six months earlier. No, well, okay, I didn't know six months earlier. I knew the night the day of. Um, <laughs> no, what happened was was that um, he was he was actually teasing it on Twitter and on Instagram the fact that he wanted to come back. He wanted to come back. The doctors were saying no, no. He and he was defying the doctors. And he was doing all this, right? The storyline within social media was writing his comeback, and when he did come back. It validated and vindicated everything that was going on. To me, that's how you use social media to promote. Yeah. Right? You use that. You do the old, you know, will he, won't he scenario. And when he did, you saw the arena erupt. Everybody. Yeah, everyone popped. It was a big pop. Everyone popped. Everyone outside popped. I popped. Right? As soon as he came. Because you always pop. Right? Well, but I I only popped for three things. I popped when I saw MVP. Oh, but she's back as well. Yeah, Montel, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrestled, he wrestled again too. Yeah, um, Monday. Saw, like, Monday. His, he's wearing the Punisher logo. Yeah, the Punisher, yeah, yeah, but he yeah. had the Black Panther. Um, the second time I popped was when uh, Edge, um, when Edge, um, Edge came back, mm-hmm. and the third is a double pop. Because I popped when he beat Brock, when he went um, Drew McIntyre, Claymore, Claymore kicked Brock Lesnar. The crap out of him. Uh-huh. Claymore kicked Brock Lesnar out and then won the word one. Yeah. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, it's time for us to wrap up. We had a great episode. We talked about ourselves as geeks. Um, our condolences go out to Kobe Bryant and his family, well, to Kobe Bryant's family mm-hmm. and all the other um, families um, that are that are coping right now with, with the loss. Um we talked about uh, uh, the Royal Rumble, and we're going to look forward to going we're into WrestleMania. About TV world. 
uh, definitely talked about DVTV World. Next episode, we're going to deep dive into our candidates as well as talk about Picard because we should be caught up by then. Oh, please to talk up. about Picard. Please catch up. Um, watch, and then, watch, watch, watch the episodes. Okay. Because I know by the time we get back, there'll be more. All right, episodes. damn boy, relax. relax yes, boy, yes, damn sir. boy. Now, <laughs> all right. Now, all right. And uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Charlie Radio Williams. This is Sean Luke. And I'm Hannibal. And as always, we are out of here. I don't know what's, what's wrong with you. Yeah. Carmen. The Cheese for Geek Podcast with Charlie Radio Williams and Sean Luke is a presentation of Sketchfed Studios, produced by Charlie Williams and edited by Hannibal Darby. To find more episodes of the Cheese for Geek Podcast, make sure you check them out at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else your podcast needs. If you need to hear Charlie Radio Williams and Sean Luke shoot the shit on any of your topics or questions, please send a tweet to the two geeks on Twitter, or you can send a message on Instagram. For the Geektopians. For web series, podcasts, blogs, and more, please make sure to head over to sketchfedstudios.com. And as always, stay geeky, stay you.